Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, and I'll be reading from verse 6 down to verse number 13. Matthew, chapter 26, and verse 6. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for being a great and awesome God. Thank you for being our healer. Hey Lord, we thank you for the spiritual healing that you brought about when we placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And nothing could be better than knowing that for eternity we have been healed and cleansed of this sin disease. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in hearts and lives and for the host of needs that we continue to bring to you, dear Lord, we know that you will bring about healing and we thank you for your goodness towards us. And as we look into your word tonight, pray that you would use it to strengthen our hearts and to challenge us, to mold us and to shape us in the image of your son. Take full control. Save some lost person Stir the heart of every believer, and we'll be careful to thank you and give you all the honor and glory, for you are worthy of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. For businesses, institutions, entities of different sorts in different realms of society, I would suggest to you tonight that long-term success is often achieved because that entity has developed and maintained a particular identity. By this I mean that they are known for something, something that makes them special, something that makes them stand out from their competitors, something that then causes them to achieve a measure of success. For example, in sports, particularly, I'll use for illustration, the sport of basketball. Sometimes a team is known for their exceptional three-point shooting. They might do other things, but that is their hallmark that separates them from their competitors. Another team might be known for their defense where they are able to clamp down and give the opposing team great difficulty in scoring points. Another team might be known for their rebounding ability or the ability to score quickly on the fast break, which normally those two things are connected. So there's an identity associated with that team. For those who might not be sports-inclined or sports lovers, I'll give you an illustration of a restaurant. 
Restaurants can cook a variety of different foods and they can have different things on their menu. But oftentimes, the successful restaurants are known for a particular item, a particular dish that becomes what's known as their signature. Might be known for having just the best burger. They might be known for having the best wings or they might be known for having the best steak or the best seafood. But there is something associated with that entity that stands out. When it comes to living the Christian life, there are many things that we should be known to possess. Characteristics such as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. After all, these are part of what we understand as the fruit of the Spirit. But tonight I want to point out something that I believe by way of practice, Jesus taught and he demonstrated throughout his earthly ministry that should be part of every Christian's life. And that is the practice of sacrifice. Sacrificing. In our text, there is a demonstration of this that Jesus himself observed, and he, I believe, emphasized it throughout his earthly ministry as we think of verses like Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 24, when in speaking to his disciples and talking about what it would require for them to follow him, he says, if any man will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We see clearly from that verse that Jesus is saying as a requirement to follow me in that is the element of sacrifice. Jesus taught the importance of sacrifice. He demonstrated sacrifice in the ultimate fashion when he gave his life on Calvary's cross. What sacrifice? Listen to what John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 15 says to 18. He says, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And all the sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me again, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. We see clearly Jesus demonstrating, exemplifying, and teaching the importance of sacrifice. In this text, we have a very familiar story of sacrifice. And where sacrifice was seen, and Jesus responded to sacrifice. And as I continue this message series that I began, of course, several months ago, looking at Jesus' earthly ministry, and I entitled it A Ministry to Pattern. Why? Because we want to endeavor as a church that what we do is in accordance to what Jesus did. How did he live his life? How did he practice ministry? How did he reach people? How did he go about it? What principles did he instill in his disciples? What principles did he live by as he ministered to people? 
And so tonight, by way of title for this message, I want to entitle this message by way of a directive. When it comes to patterning Jesus' ministry, we ought to encourage sacrifice. Encourage sacrifice. Now look at our text in verse number 6 and 7. Notice first of all, and jot this down if you're taking notes, the presentation of a sacrifice. The presentation of a sacrifice. Now look at verse number 6. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Now I want you to notice, first of all, in this presentation of this sacrifice, observe with me the giver. When there is a sacrifice, which by way of an offering or a presentation, there has to be someone who is going to be the giver. In this instance, we understand this is a woman. Other passages throughout the Gospels, we understand that she was a woman of the night. In other words, she was one who sold her body. One who was not considered much of. But even though she might not have been thought of as much by people, Jesus saw her in her fault, saw her need, and God got a hold of her heart, and Jesus saved her. Listen, no one is too far gone to be saved. She was transformed. This woman, because of what was done, felt a compulsion to respond. Notice the sacrifice itself. Bible says she brings here to Jesus an, an alabaster box of what? Very precious ointment. This was no cheap stuff. This was expensive ointment. Jesus in other passages mentioned that he who is forgiven much loves much. He who is forgiven much sacrifices much. And this lady, you can tell, brought this sacrifice as an indication of what she felt in her heart. That when no one would fool with her, when no one would reach her, Jesus came all the way down and that manifested itself in her wanting to demonstrate how grateful she was and she brought a very sacrificial offering and gift to Jesus. You know that the measure of sacrifice and the willingness to sacrifice indicates something about the attitude of a heart. You see, sacrificing is heart business. But notice with me as well the recipient of this sacrifice. This, of course, was Jesus Christ. This was the one whom this woman felt like she owed him so much. You often ever feel in your Christian life that you're indebted? You know that we actually are? You know, we know what indebtedness does? It removes a sense of entitlement. Sometimes in the Christian life, we can tend to feel like, God, I did all this for you and look at what I got in return. Listen, if God never did anything else for us, we got far more than we deserve. And this woman was able to sacrifice what seemed like so much because in her mind, 
it could not even compare in value to what she got in return. And so we see here the presentation of the sacrifice. But notice in verse 8 and verse 10, secondly, the observation of the sacrifice. Now this woman brings this sacrifice in into a very public setting. And you have people who are observing what is taking place. I mean, it's not like this was done in a corner. We understand from other passages as well that this ointment, naturally, the order would fill the room. Even this woman's presence would draw attention because some might have been figuring, what is she doing here? And so there was much eyes looking at what was taking place. We notice in verse number 8, look at what the Bible says, when his disciples saw it, they saw it. But I'm thankful that Jesus saw it as well. Amen? This sacrifice was seen by all. And let me say something to each and every one of us. Listen, even if your sacrifice is done, hidden away from the eyes of man, God sees it. But here's what else we must understand about God's eyes the all-seeing eyes of God, he sees not only the sacrifice or the offering that we bring to him, but he sees the heart and the motive behind what we give to him. And we must ensure that our hearts are in alignment with the sacrifice. We know that in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he admonished when it comes to giving, that listen, do not do your arms to be seen of men. Because if you do, you have your reward. But it's amazing to me as I look at this passage that of all the eyes that are observing the sacrifice, that there can be different conclusions drawn from seeing the very same thing. You ever notice how two people can go to church or go somewhere and witness the same thing and come back with two contrasting views of what took place. That's exactly what took place in this passage. And so that leads me to the third point. Notice with me the interpretation of the sacrifice. Everybody is looking. Everybody is observing. Everybody is monitoring. But there are two completely different interpretations of what was taking place. Notice, first of all, the disciples' interpretation. Verse number 8 says, But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation. That's, that's a big word to mean they were upset. They were bothered. And they say, To what purpose is this waste? Wow. They may not have recognized it, but what they were saying is that this sacrifice that was being poured out on Jesus, Jesus, that is too good for you. Wow. You ever heard that before? Just in case you haven't, I've heard that before. But that's too much talent to be used for the work of God. There's too much time to be investing in the things of God. There's too much money to be wasting on 
the work of God. What a waste. That car there is too good for Christian to be driving. Why they didn't buy something cheaper? You know that the extent to which we sacrifice is a measure of our value system. Listen, everybody sacrifices for something. Listen, people sacrifice for the latest iPhone. People sacrifice to go to the latest show. People sacrifice to do the things that they want to do. Listen, everybody sacrifices. But it's what do people sacrifice for? People sacrifice for the things that are important and valuable to them. You ever notice how easy it is sometimes to spend $100, $200, $300, but listen, that, that, that same bill looks like a whole lot of money when it comes time to put it in the offering. It's just value system. And so the disciples view this sacrifice as a waste. But look at the contrasting view of Jesus. Verse number 10 says, When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she had wrought, what? A good work. Jesus understood that the motive and the heart behind this sacrifice was one of sincere love. I can imagine Jesus must be saying to the disciples, why would you want to obstruct this expression of love towards the one who we are to love with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength? She had done something good. In other words, disciples, you are so wrong. It is not a waste. Let me say to all of us here tonight, listen, if you are sacrificing your time, your talent, and treasure for the work of God and for Jesus himself, it is not in vain. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. And here's something we must understand when it comes to this matter of sacrifice. Sacrifice comes from love, and love causes us to sacrifice. We think of the example of the churches of Macedonia in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in giving to missions. And the Apostle Paul in verse number 8 says, I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Young men, for those of you particularly who are not married yet, let me give you some, some tips, a tip or some advice. You're dating a young lady, and I'm talking about a young lady who's reasonable, and a lady who is not, I'm talking about exorbitant. But when you come with that ring, you're going to have to come good demonstrating that in some way, shape, or form, you have sacrificed if you claim that you really love. You understand what I'm saying? So, if it is that you have the capacity to do something, if you fall way, 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 way below that, it's not a good look. 
ladies, you ain't giving me no help at all. Maybe I'm saying, maybe this is a different generation. Maybe it doesn't really matter. <laughs> ladies, do it, does it matter? Yes. For those of you who are married, does it matter? Yes. Did it matter? Yes. Anyway, now I'm getting into the trash can, so let me come back out. <laughs> maybe I might be giving, bringing back some bad memories. <laughs> Well, that sacrifice, he gave it all. That's what I'm talking about. It's all he had. So, see, I'm not talking about the amount. I'm talking about the capacity. But on a serious note, it's important in the work of God and in loving this Lord that we say we love, that we sacrifice. Here at Shiloh, we believe in sacrificing for the work of God. And I could tell you over the years, we have been taught to sacrifice. And I believe that as a result of that kind of teaching, and not just in word, but in practice, God has blessed this place, and not because of us, but in spite of us, but a willingness to sacrifice, God sees the heart. You would notice we're not big on fundraisers and selling and this is just my one of my observations that and I was just sharing this with my family a couple of days ago that when you are always into a fundraiser and always into selling what you're really teaching is that in order for you to give something you have to get something back you understand what I'm saying so I mean just let's just let's just let's explore this a little bit if you have to have a fundraiser to sell, let's say, donuts or whatever it is, you got to get a bag for $10 in order to raise money for, any, for what's happening or something you need to purchase at the church. Well, what you're really saying is that unless I got donuts, I couldn't give the $10, but couldn't give the $10 for the sake of what it is you're having, I mean, and it be given for the sake of the fundraiser itself? So that's what sacrifice is all about. It's about saying, listen, what I am contributing to, I consider it valuable enough to give for that thing because I know it is for Jesus himself, ultimately, and for his work to be accomplished. We are to encourage sacrifice. But notice here finally tonight the commendation well, not finally, second to the last, the commendation of this sacrifice. Jesus himself commended what was done. Listen, when you have God's commendation, you don't need anything else. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what they thought. It doesn't matter what their response is going to be. But Jesus himself stepped in and he commended this sacrifice. You know why he commended it and how he commended it? He understood that for her to sacrifice, she had him as her focus. And he was, in other words, write this down, top priority. Notice verse number 11. It says, Jesus speaking, he says, For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. Here's what Jesus was saying. And Jesus was not saying that giving to the poor is not important. He understood that that's something that needs to be done. That's something that 
should be done, and that's something that will continue to be done. But he's saying that you have prioritized me in this instance, and that's commendable. Top priority. And notice as well the timely practice. In verse number 12, he says, For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, and she did it for my burial. Let me say, what does Jesus mean? There's some commentators that suggest that this woman, as much as she was looked down on in society, that she knew of Jesus' pending death. Do you know that she did not need to be a prophet to know that? Because Jesus was saying that time and time again, I'm going to the cross. In a short time, I'm going to go to Calvary. I'm going to be killed. And this woman could have given this sacrifice, understanding that Jesus is going to go to the cross. And when Jesus and God prompts us to sacrifice, oftentimes, you would notice, sometimes even in hindsight, that it's for a reason. You've ever been prompted to give and you're like, wow, boy, could I give this? And you do it and you realize God was using you and speaking to you to meet a particular need at a precise moment in time. And when we're obedient to him, we recognize why he was prompting. But this woman was right in tune. It was a timely practice. It was top priority. And then notice finally, in verse number 13, what I call the recollection of this sacrifice. Jesus emphasizing to them even further that as much as you've looked down on this noble act, verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. This action of sacrifice, this heart of outpouring will be spoken of from here on out and would be recorded in the pages of Scripture, documented for all eternity. Here we are, thousands of years, still talking about this act of sacrifice. When you think of Jesus and what he has done for us and his coming here to this earth, why did he come? He performed a number of miracles and he taught and he preached and healed the sick and caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak and cast out demons. But what is his main purpose coming to planet earth was to sacrifice his life on Calvary's cross for you and for me. He didn't have to, but thank God he did. And may it be that his sacrifice on Calvary is motivation for us in living this Christian life to sacrifice when I say sacrifice, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about sacrificing your time, your talent, 
Sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm too tired. I can't go. But when you have a spirit of, listen, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give up some things. It continues to spur you on in your walk with God. Why? Because there's nothing that we can do that can truly repay Jesus for what he did. But we ought to be motivated by an attitude and a feeling of indebtedness. That the sacrifice that was made for you and for me is so great that my entire life and everything that I have and all that I am ought to be given in response to what he has done for me. So as you minister, as you go about your daily task, as you serve God, look back at Jesus. That's why a view of the cross is so important. I think of that's why God asks that we have the ordinance like the Lord's Supper. Why? Because you continue to understand the magnitude of what was done by way of sacrificing. You know, when you think of what Jesus did on the cross, even if you have a little toe ache or stomach ache or a knee ache or whatever, you say, you know what? I could continue going on in spite of this. That's how important it is to understand the importance of sacrifice when it comes to serving the Lord.